Deacon Warren and his wife online, to each and every one of you. I changed the title to this message like five, six times. Um, and I'm still not even sure if, if this is it. So that's why I put, what is this? That was my question to the Lord, because I, I don't even know what kind of word this is. I do know that I had this feeling. Um, You know, normally we take second Sundays for different members to speak and just tell their testimony or share whatever God has placed on this, on their heart. And I do know I had this feeling this week that I need to just share a part of my testimony. Um, Because I know a lot of the older members have heard a lot of my stories over and over and over again. But a lot of the new members have not heard my stories over and over again. Like, they don't know where I, where, where their pastor came from. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm kind of just going to be talking today. Um, I, I, I kind of just, I, the Lord just reviewed, revealed some things to me. Um, just sitting in my office one day at work, and I, and I, and I just need to let the Lord, Lord know for myself that I'm thankful, that I'm grateful. Um, I clearly see his hand over my life. And, you know, I'm looking back over it and I'm seeing how he put all these pieces together. But at the time he was doing those things, none of it made sense. Yeah. And that's why I had that scripture. I'm like, you can't no more under. My old pastor used to say, just stop, just stop trying to figure God out. Like, you can't do it. You can't. You can't figure him out. You know, when you look back over your life, you can see like, okay, I see what you were doing. But right then when you in it, you like, what is what is this? Like, I don't know what this, I don't, I don't know what this is right here. Um, and that's kind of how, like, I, that's, that's how I was feeling this week. And, um, I, I brought this and this is not a trick question, but I want to ask y'all, do y'all know what this is? Somebody tell me. It's the word of God. It's, it's the Bible, right? Um, Yes, what is this? What is this? You know, it's not a trick question because somebody got one of these probably sitting in, they, in the back of their car in the mirror, getting beat up by the sun. Somebody got one on their nightstand. Somebody got the, you got the little New Testament one tucked away in your desk somewhere, right? Um, but my question to you is, you know, what really is the word of God and what role does it play in your life? And I, you know, I could have just held this one up and asked y'all the same question. But this is a special Bible. And this is going to be part of what God has placed on my heart to talk about today. And so, um, first, I, I want to read to you um, Hebrews 4, 12, and 13, and y'all can stay seated. The word of God is alive and it's active. Right. And that's why I say somebody got one of these just tucked away somewhere on the shelf. But the word of God, when I held it up, y'all said that's the word of God. Right. But do we treat it like that? The word of God is alive and it's active. It's sharper than any double edged sword. It's sharper. Right. This is a this is an axe. This is a sword. This is a saw. It can even be a scalpel when surgery is needed. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It cuts all the way through. It cut through all your mess. It cut through all your problems. It cuts through all your pretending. It cuts through all your fears. 
It unmasks you. Right? It puts you in your place. It corrects you. It whoops you. It chastises. Right? It cuts all the way through to where the soul and spirit meet. To where joints and marrow come together. It judges the desires and thoughts of the heart. This thing right here will tell you who you really are. When you're talking about what's my purpose, what's my calling, what's wrong with me, right? This thing right here, it will judge. It will judge the intention of your heart. There is nothing that can be hid from God. Everything in all creation is exposed and lies open before his eyes. And it is to him that we must give an account of ourselves. We're going to be held accountable by this thing right here. So when I hold this up, you can't just say, oh, that's the Bible. That's the word of God. It's so much more than that. It's alive and it's active. Amen? And so that, 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 that question on the screen, at what point do we surrender? So I'm sitting at my desk, and this is my very first Bible. This was given to me by my aunt in 1994. I was 14 years old. I was 14 years old, um, and then she wrote at the bottom this Yoruba proverb. It says, what you give, you get 10 times over. When I was 14, my response probably would have been, what is this? I don't remember using it when I was 14. I remember taking it, and I remember putting it on a shelf in my room. And then one day when I turned 21, after I had gone through my first year, well, probably like a year and a half of college, I had gone to Albany State for a year. I had moved off to Atlanta, um, hit rock bottom, came back home probably in May. Um, I remember having a dream. I remember having a dream, and for whatever reason in that season of my life, I decided to share that dream with my with my sister and my father. I told my I, my, my father was not in church. I, I didn't know him to be an interpreter of dreams. Um, I told him the dream, and he said, well, have you looked in the Bible? That's something that I had never heard him say. At 20-something years old, he said, have you looked in the Bible? Look in the Bible. So I go into my room, and on my shelf in my room, is this Bible that I got when I was 14 years old. I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm looking at it like, what is this? So I'm just looking at the spine, and I know some of y'all, you know, because your Bible been somewhere everywhere. It got all kinds of stuff. got coffee stains on it, <laughs> Kool-Aid stains on it. So I'm looking at the spine of the Bible. I don't know what I'm looking for, and I'm just looking at it. And I just do like this. And it falls on the book of First Kings, the first that I'm just reading, because I don't know what I'm looking for. But it struck me that the, without telling y'all the dream that I had 
I, I dreamed of this old man sitting at the kitchen table and he was telling me, I mean, like long white hair, long white beard. He's just, just giving me all of this wisdom. And he told me that I need to go read the book of, of Kales, K-E-L-L. I'm like, I don't know what that is. And so I go on this, I go on this search to find it. Like, you know, I'm going to the, I'm going to the internet to find it, you know, and, and I find it in, 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 it is this book in Ireland that is basically embroidered pictures of the Gospels. Yeah, right? I'm 21 years old. No, no word, no church, no nothing, right? So when I open up this book and, then I, and it falls on First Kings and I'm just like, okay, it's talking about King Solomon and it's talking about wisdom and I'm reading down and I see my name. The name Jonathan is in the first chapter of 1 Kings. So I know that God is talking to me. And as I'm sitting, I'm going to bring y'all up to the day, as I'm sitting in my office, ever since then, this book has been sitting on wherever, this book has been sitting on my desk. When I was at Monroe, for 13 years I was at Monroe, this, this Bible sat on my desk. The half a year I was at Live Oak, this Bible sat on my desk. And as long as I've been at Lake Park, this Bible sits on my desk. And I have used this Bible to minister to students. I have used this Bible to minister to teachers. I've used this Bible to minister to my boss. And there are a lot of days when I've been feeling like I wasn't going to make it on my job, I've used this Bible to minister to myself. But as I was sitting at my desk, I was just, I was just saying, God, I can't figure you out because you already knew at 14 I was going to need this Bible. You already knew at 14 that this was going to be more to me than just some words and some paper on the page. You already knew at 14 to tell me whatever I give, I'm going to get 10 times over. You already knew at 14. And then I just start saying, God, not only that, I can't figure you out. You were so patient with me that you knew I wasn't going to even use it till I was 21, but you still didn't give up on me. You let me go a whole seven years without even thinking to crack it open or to ask, what is this? But you said, I got something for you. I'm going to wait till you're 21 years old and you hit rock bottom, and then I'm going to give you a dream, and then all of a sudden, you know, the thing about it was when my father said, go look in the Bible, I'm thinking, where do I have a Bible? I don't know why I went in my room, looked up on the shelf that I had not looked up on because I wasn't at home. I'm talking about my childhood room. I don't know what led me to the room to look on the shelf that I hadn't looked on in years and pull this Bible down. But he knew. He knew. And from that day, I never stopped reading. I've never put it down. And so my question to you that I ask, what is this to you? What is this to you? And the, and the way that I got to this thought is, you know, we come to this house and we come to this church and we listening to the word or we, we watching stuff on YouTube or we say we believe, but then when things happen into our life, what happens to this? We start saying, what is this? Or we say, I don't understand that. Or what does this have to do with me? This word is alive and it's active. It will take you to the person that can solve all your problems. It can take you to Jesus. 
And so my question, the question that's on the screen is, at what point do you surrender? At what point do you stop thinking that you got it all figured out? At what point do you stop being ashamed to praise them? At what point do you start telling the truth? At what point do you trust them? Right? And I began to think, you know, we make so many excuses. We make so many excuses and we think, you know, we say, well, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet or I don't know enough yet. Well, God was all, he was trying to get to me at 14. I was just too dumb to know it. He was trying to get to me at 14. And I truly believe if he was trying to get to me at 14, he probably was trying to get to me at seven and eight. He's been trying to get to us ever since we came out of our mama's womb. He's been trying to get to us, but he's so patient that he waits on us. And so at what point do at what point do we surrender and we make these excuses? And I was just thinking, you know, when I the reason that I, I shared with y'all that I keep this, I keep this this Bible on my desk. Do you know how many students I have just opened this Bible with and gone verse by verse explaining to them? What the word of God means. Hallelujah. And I began to think, I, I, I thought about my armor bearer, and I want to say you graduated in 2010, right? So if he graduated in 2010, that means I met him in 2006 in the ninth grade. So that means I had only been saved for about a year and a half. Right? And so then I thought. So then I thought about my missionary when I met her in 11th grade. And to them, it probably seemed like, oh, these folks just sold out. No, I was just getting started. (laughs) When I was sharing the gospel with those kids in the classroom, I had just got saved. All that I was doing, I had just got saved. God didn't say, no, I got you got to you got to wait until you until you, you know, until you just deep in the word. No, I would share like this thing transformed my life and I could not sit back and not share it. So I was basically a newborn Christian ministering to other folks. And that's the thing. Stop making excuses. Stop saying you don't understand. And just pick it up. Just pick it up. Just read it. Just crack, just, just, just look at, look at that oil stain. Just, just crack the spine, and have a desire to want to hear from God and see won't He work? See won't He change something around in your life? And I, and and, and, and now this next part I'm gonna step on somebody's toes, and then I'm gonna be done. This is Isaiah twenty nine nine through twenty four, and when I and when I read this, I just I said. You know, God, this is a word that this is a word that we need to we need to hear. Because I'm trying to figure out how so many Christians who say that they have this. Walk in so much fear and depression and doubt. I'm trying to figure out how so many Christians who have this double edged sword. Can't cut stuff off. Can't cut off addictions. Can't cut off people can't cut off habits. I'm trying to figure out how so many people who say they have this are still pretending like they are okay. Are still pretending like God can't see them when clearly that 13th verse in Hebrews the 4th chapter say nothing is hid from God. I'm trying to figure out 
how so many people who have this active and living word come into the church and be dead every Sunday. How can you come in contact with a living God and not change? The Bible says we're supposed to be new creatures. We're supposed to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Like, how can we, if you so, either you don't believe what it's saying or you just don't, you like, because if you believe what you what it's saying, right? When you read 1 John, it says that this is, this is Jesus with, is this turned into flesh. He was the walking word. <clears throat> if you believe this, when he got up on that cross and he died, he did not stay dead. He got up. With all power in his hand, that means he is alive and active. And if he's active, that means he's doing something in your life. So how can you have this and ain't no evidence? And when I say no evidence, not evidence of him doing something, no evidence of your response to him. Like I say, I was 14 and I didn't show evidence of it. He was doing what he was supposed to do. But my response was lacking. It wasn't until I was 21 that I responded. Isaiah 29, 9 through 24. Good news translation. Good news translation hurts your feelings. Good news says, go ahead and be stupid. Go ahead and be blind. Get drunk without any wine. I told somebody this week, I asked her, I said, well, what are you waiting on to? That same question I asked y'all, what are you waiting on to surrender? She said, I'm waiting on to be all the way right because I don't want to have one foot in and one foot out. She said, oh, you know, if I, I don't want to feel bad if I still want to have a drink. And I said, I'm going to tell you something a lot of pastors wouldn't tell you. I said, it ain't even, it ain't even about that drink if you want to have a drink or not. The question is, why you want to have a drink? That's what God trying to get to. That's the problem. It ain't the drink. It ain't the drink. You you can't you can't show me in here. I say you can't show me in here where the Bible says straight out don't drink. That ain't the problem. The question is, why do you feel the need to have a drink? You just you just hiding and masking your problems. So some of us in here might not even drink, but you still getting drunk. From telling yourself lies. You walking around here just as drunk and lost as somebody that's out there that just left the warehouse. Yeah, the warehouse. Just as drunk. That 10th verse says, the Lord has made you drowsy and ready to fall into a deep sleep. The prophets should be the eyes of the people, but God has blindfolded them. God sends messengers. He sends servants. But all these is a lot of pastors and ministers who should be prophesying, helping people come out of darkness. But God got them blindfolded, too. And as I keep reading, we're going to see why. The 11th verse says, the meaning of every prophetic vision will be hidden from you. It will be like a sealed scroll. If you take it to someone who knows how to read and you ask him to read to you, he will say he can't because it is sealed. 
If you take it to someone who can't read and ask him to read it, he will answer that he doesn't know how. Don't that sound like Christians today? You got all you got these smart, intelligent folks, right? They got degrees and money and big churches and they preaching and they doing all of this stuff, but ain't nobody getting saved. They can't explain the real word. They can't talk about what this really is. Right? Then you got ignorant folks. They just be posting on social media like they know everything and they don't know nothing and they can't explain to you what's going on. In both groups, say they Christian. Right? The Lord says these people claim to worship me, but their words are meaningless and their hearts are somewhere else. Their religion is nothing but human rules and traditions, which they have simply memorized. So I will startle them with one unexpected blow after another. Those, and when I read that, I say, God, that is the time and that is the space that we living in right now. Right now, It's like we keep getting hit with one, one unexpected blow after the other. But the thing for me is because I had this, I'm not troubled. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about no COVID no more. I ain't. I ain't. I ain't worried about Ukraine. I ain't worried about Doherty County school system. I ain't worried about Albany State. I ain't worried about crazy children. I ain't worried about money. Right? Because if I have this, if this is truly alive and it's active, am I saying I ain't going to go through nothing because I'm holding this Bible in my hand? No, I'm going to go through everything. The, the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust alike. But it, it also tells me that, I, I, that, that I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen his seed breaking for bread. Who, I, I, I've read that, you know, who can take me out of the hand of God? I've heard Paul say that I've learned how to be content in, in, in any situation, whether I have or whether I don't have. I say, okay, God, and, and the, like I started at 14 because I want y'all to say I don't understand how he does it. All I know is that he does it. All I know that he's been keeping me since I was 14. I can't explain it, but it seemed like he had me do stuff, right? I say, maybe it's going to be a food shortage. Okay, God, that's why you got me plant fruit trees. So while everybody else hungry, I'm going to be out there eating my pears. I'm going to be eating my peaches. I'm going to be eating my, my tomatoes. I don't know, like, why he has me doing these things that he's doing. You just got to get ready. Right? My wife started making all these teas. I'm drinking them every day. I say, okay, maybe that's to boost my immune system from COVID. I'm not taking nothing for granted. I ain't even mean to go that way. Thank you, Lord. God say, I will start them with one unexpected blow after another. He says, those who are wise will turn out to be fools. Some of y'all think y'all so smart. Y'all got a plan on how y'all going to get rich. Y'all got a plan on how y'all going to start their business. Y'all got a plan for everything. You plan for how you going to get married. Plan for how you going to have a baby. A plan for how you going to, y'all got a plan for everything. But when it comes to your soul, but when it comes to living for Jesus, I don't know, I'm confused. What's my purpose? I ain't thought no, I'm like, 
Just live it out. Just live it out. Stop trying to figure him out and just say, God, I'm yours. Teach me. Stop stop trying to figure out how he going to do it. Just say, God, just teach me. Just, just today, not tomorrow, just today. Help me do better today. Help me just do better today. And then tomorrow, going to have his own problems. But today. I'm smart enough to let y'all know I don't know nothing. And, 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 and I said, I told that story about how young I was when I began to minister to others for a reason. Because you're like, they probably was thinking like these folks just, just rooted and deep in the word. It was all him. It wasn't me. It was all him. So many people want, they want, they want like the, ten, they, be, they want you to get them the 10 step answer. I can't give you the 10 step answer. I can give you the person that got all the answers, but I can't, I can't write it out for you. I can't give you the 10 steps on how to make everything better in your life, but I can lead you to the person that can. Y'all can't put all that on me. I'm still, I'm trying to, I'm just holding on for myself. Y'all may think, pastor don't go through none. The pastor don't never do this and never do that. No, I've been holding on. I've been holding on for myself. Those who are wise will turn out to be fools and all their cleverness will be useless. Those who try to hide their plans from the Lord are doomed. Some of y'all so sneaky. Y'all think God don't see y'all. That's why you ain't got no money. Because you're trying to hide that little 20. And hold on to it. Instead of sewing. And y'all know I don't preach about no money. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, when your heart, it, even whether, whether you're not, when your heart is already stingy, <laughs> when your heart is already stingy, right? When your heart is already untrusting, you can't say you trust God and then you turn around and worry about I don't see nobody in here ribs caved in because you hungry. (laughs) Ain't nobody in here missing no meals. I know there's some folks out there that do. I'm not trying to make light of that, but I'm just saying, like, I don't don't think nobody in here missing meals. That means he's been taking care of you. Right? My Bible tells me if he clothes the lilies, how much more will he take care of you? But you holding on, you holding on to that little 20 for rough times. That's why you ain't got no money. Because God said, if I give you some more, you're going to hold on to that. You're going to be like the, you're going to be like the servant who buried the talents instead of multiplied. I had to learn that lesson. When I went paying my tithes, I, 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 I saw I saw I saw God not blessing me. And it wasn't about paying my tithes. It was about my trust in him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then when I when I started paying my tithes and I was still living from check to check, I'm like, okay, God, now the church people say if you do this, then you do that. Like, why? Right. Right. right? Why well, I'm still not. Right? It, now, now I'm, I'm paying my tithes, but you you mean I'm I still got to move back in with my parents? With three kids, right? I'm, I'm still paying my tithes. Now I got to go through bankruptcy. 
But let me tell y'all what that produced in me. Through that whole time, I began to pray and I said, God, when you do bless me, I'm going to show you what I'm going to do with my money. And so now I ain't got no more. Mm. Right? But I remember when. But God had to condition my heart because he said, if I put you in this situation where you are, are, where you have these things now, with a heart that won't trust me, you're going to squander it. You're going to lose it. But some of us think we're so smart and we're so sneaky that we're we just going to trick God. Those who try to hide their plans from the Lord are doomed. They carry out their schemes in secret thinking no one will see them or know what they are doing. I don't care what y'all doing. You know why? Because he's going to show me what I need to see. I don't have to get on, on Facebook to see your business. I can look in your face and tell you ain't right. No, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. You can look in somebody's face and tell that they got something going on. Right? I'm used to people avoiding me for that very reason. <laughs> I'm for real. That, that, that's what I get. People duck out and go the other way. They carry out their schemes in secret and think no one will see them or know what they are doing. They turn everything upside down, which is more important. Y'all heard that? Stop turning stuff upside down. Stop making your job more important than God. Stop making your husband or your wife more important than God. Stop making your children more important than God. Your money more important than God. Stop making the things that you want to do like watching TV and football and and playing the game and whatever it is that you like to do, your your little trips that you like to take. Stop putting all that stuff before God. Because I I bet not one of them folks on the TV going to call you when you're going through. They ain't not one of them going to call you. And say, how can I help you? Can I pray for you? When something happens to you on your job, you're going to have a few faithful people. They're going to bring you some food to your house and a gift card. They're going to they they put a couple of twins. Most of them are going to be ones in a the card. They're going to say, we're so sorry for your loss. They might check on you two more times. And then after that, you're going to be left to deal with whatever you got going on in your life. But who has been there since you was 14? So why is everything else more important than the one who has always been there? Which is more important, the potter or the clay? Can something you have made say you didn't make me? Or can it say you don't know what you're doing? As the same goes, before the long ditch forest will become farmland and the farmland will go back to the forest. And what all that means is, y'all, all this stuff that's right here, if we just let this building sit here, it would just sit here and rot. It would go right back to dirt. This is the same thing we say at funerals. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Everything except this. Everything but the word going down. Everything but the word going down. We got to stop turning stuff upside down. When the day comes, the deaf will be able to hear a book being read aloud. So that 17th verse says, when God turned everything around, 
and he brings everything back to how it's supposed to be, when all of this other stuff that we are worried about goes away, that's when we get to the 18th verse, when that day comes. So here is the hope in the message. So the first part is saying, stop acting crazy. And then now the second part is saying, now here is the hope in the message. When that day comes, the death. That's how I felt at 21. I felt like for the first time, right? I felt like with that dream, right? I was able to hear stuff. Like I say, I went to my dad to interpret the dream. That's not something I would normally do. That was God. Him telling me to go to the Bible, that's not something that he would normally do. That was God, right? God started to make stuff happen. When that day comes, the deaf will be able to hear a book being read aloud. Right now, with somebody in here, I'm saying all of this stuff, and some of it make it sense, some of it not. But some of it, when you really want God, it's going to make sense. It's going to be like your ears going to open up, and you're going to be like, you know what? That makes sense. The deaf will be able to hear a book being read aloud, and the blind who have been living in darkness will open their eyes and see. That's what it means to come to Jesus. When you read that, and then you go and you read how Jesus say, I've come to set the captives free. I've come to give sight to the blind. Right? Jesus is the fulfillment of that. When that day comes, when I'm talking about when that day comes, I'm talking about when you surrender to Jesus. When that day comes, you will be able to understand what I'm talking about without being confused. When that day comes, you will be able to see things clearly. You will understand death a little bit better. You'll understand loss a little bit better. You'll understand the relationship and that hurt that, that hurt in that relationship a little bit better. You'll understand pain and suffering a little bit better. Those who have been living in darkness will open their eyes and see. Poor and humble will once again, the poor and humble will once again find happiness, which the Lord, the holy God of Israel, gives. Do y'all notice he said the poor and humble? That's the Beatitudes. That's Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Right. When you get out of your pride. When you get out of your pride, you'll find happiness. It will be the end of those who oppress others and show contempt for God. And so I want to say this, it just dropped on me. So I want to say this to 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 missionaries. Right. So one of the things that allowed me, one of the things that allowed me to stop worrying about other people. Right. And see, y'all, when, when I say stuff, I'm supposed to be like, oh, he just quoted scripture. But I used to, every time I would feel uh, I would feel bad about somebody on my job, I would go to this right here. I would crack that thing open and go to Psalm 37. Break not thyself because of evil do. Right? Bible said they're going to be cut down. Not rejoicing in that thing. Not rejoicing in the destruction of somebody. But it, it, what it did was it softened my heart to them because I knew I just kept thanking God. Now, they treat me like this. If they don't get this thing together, let me just be sweet, sweet to them. Because the Bible tells you that also. When you are kind of people that's mistreating you, it's like heaping coals upon their head. You piling the coal on their head. So it just softened my heart. Like, I didn't rejoice in the fact that God was going to get them. It softened my heart towards them because I knew God was going to get them. It will be the end of those who oppress others and show contempt for God. Every sinner will be destroyed. We don't like hearing this in the end of the church. Every sinner. This is the good news verse. It don't sound like it, though, does it? Every sinner will be destroyed. Not some of them. 
God will destroy those who slander others. Y'all better keep your mouth off, folks. Keep your mouth off, folks. That's why I say I don't want to know. I used to tell Pastor Carter, you know, we'd be on the phone talking and she'd be talking about what's going on in America and I'd be talking about what's going on in Albany and she'd be telling me some stuff and I'd be saying, ooh, Pastor, I'm so glad I'm not in America that I ain't got to deal with that. I don't want to know. Because when you have a heart for God and you know certain things, it grieves you. It makes it harder for you. Right? <clears throat> Keep your mouth off people. Stop judging people, thinking you know their story or you know their background. You need to just focus on this right here. The Bible tells us to cast the moat, right? Get the splint out your own eye before you try to go get it out your brothers. He will destroy those who slanders others, those who prevent the punishment of criminals. That's why I ain't worried. Everybody that done did something, and they, you know, I, I thank a sister time. Just like the Lord told you, they gonna come back and apologize. Everything. It's just like it's like it's like color purple. It's like seeing everything. Everything that you done done. Everything gonna come back. And those who tell lies to keep honest people from getting justice. So now the Lord, the God of Israel, who rescued Abraham from trouble, says, My people, you will not be disgraced any longer. Your faces will no longer be pale with shame. Why y'all look so sad? Why y'all look so aggravated? God said you will no longer be disgraced and your face shall no longer be pale with shame. When you see the children that I will give you, right? When you see the fruit of what God has done in your life, when you see what happened when you give your testimony, how can you not praise them? How can you not get full? When you see the fruit, when you see the children that I will give you, then you will acknowledge that I am the holy God of Israel. You will honor me and stand in awe. Some of y'all ain't seen God move because you ain't did nothing. You've done nothing to glorify him, so how you going to see his glory? You've done nothing to glorify him. You don't clap. You don't shout. You don't, you don't, you don't say nothing. You don't open your mouth. You don't share. You don't be real with people. You don't tell your testimony. You don't sit with somebody and open up the Bible and read. You don't, you don't call and check in. But you want to see the glory. You want to see it move in your life. Foolish people will learn to understand. And those who are grumbling will be glad to be taught. I, and, and, and I'm going to share this and then I'm going to be done. I hope he does mind. I, I just thank God for um, Brother Ryan in the back. And we, we were texting this weekend. I gave him a scripture and I told him to tell me what it means. And he, he told me what it means. And then we had a conversation about it. And he said, he said, I'm, I'm learning. I'm going to get there. And I say, no. I said, your answer was fine. Right? I was like, you you, you wasn't wrong. Like, what you? I'm just, I told him, I'm like, I'm just glad you were willing to have a conversation. Amen. Amen. Right? And, and the reason I say that, it may seem like that's a simple thing. But you know how many people don't want to talk about this? You know how many people want to go the other way when you start talking about this? You know how many people like, 
Oh, yeah, I already know that. Or they think they already know this. You can't tell them nothing because they've been in church so long. They got all the answers. I say, I'm just glad, right? I'm just glad you want to have a conversation. Because I already see. Like, that's the beginning sign. Humbleness is, is the beginning sign. That's the first sign that God getting ready to do something in your life. I can already like it, and this this not this not me judging. This is just science based on the word of God. I can tell you your outcome based on your behavior. Yes. Amen. I can look at you, I can tell you your outcome. You shacking up, that ain't gonna end well. <laughs> it ain't. It's not. I had that conversation with somebody, and I didn't know I was going here, y'all. But I had that conversation, and I was explaining to her about why. And I was just like, the lines just get blurred. The lines just get blurred. The, the, so it's not going to end well. Like, it, 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 ain't, it ain't like, you know, I, I used to think it's just like, oh, you doing this. The, 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 like, yeah, the devil going to get into it eventually. But it's just like I always say, stuff don't start overnight. Like, it's just the line's going to get blurred, so I can already tell you that's gonna, that ain't going to end well. You sleeping around that, your feelings going to get hurt. That ain't going to end well. It's not. You stingy, it ain't going to end well. This not passive, this is the word. This is that active live word. It's not going to end well. You prideful, that ain't going to end well. What, 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 what the word say? Whoever's proud, he going to base it. He going to take you down. Because he going to humble you. He going to show you. Amen, amen. It, this, ain't, this ain't rocket science. Amen. Just open it. Read it. And so I close by, I just close by, I hope y'all have a different perspective on what this is. It's not a trick. I ain't trying to brainwash nobody. How many of y'all I call and say y'all better be at church today? My wife will tell you I get tired. I think people get tired of hearing my voice. You know how hard it do you do y'all know how hard it is to 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 understand the weight and the gravity of your word? I was talking to teacher Tony and and I forgot what it was, but I, something basic. He said, well, if you, if you tell them, they might do it because you pass. But I get tired of, of you can, there's so many people you try to speak into their life and they think you're trying to control them. Right? That's what, that's what I face. You know, just this past, this past um, Saturday, I said something and my wife looked at me. She said, even if they thought it, you think they're going to tell you anyway? Like people, people a lot of times don't they they're not honest with me. So it's a it's it's a lonely walk when you live in this thing for real. Because people know you're gonna either give the truth or like so it's a it's a lonely walk. But you know, I, I have just come to I have just come to learn that it was purchased since I was 14 years old. He already had it, he already had the plan. He already had a plan for you. And so I, I say all of this to say, y'all got to take this more serious. Y'all got to take this more serious. 
Timmy, Timmy, Timmy is it? Timmy is this the same as when you read it on your phone? It ain't. That phone an idol. Y'all know it. It is. I'm saying that for myself too, because I I got four Bible apps on my phone. It's an idol. The word is not, it's not just you, it ain't like you, it ain't like you checking out books from the library. And you just gonna read a little bit in it. You gotta actually invest. You have to actually invest your life in. Yeah, come on.